have your Bibles, I want you to turn the book of Romans chapter number 15. Actually, the staff for ring of God's word as it is customary in this house. We honor God by standing. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Amen. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. Here begins the ring of God's holy word. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll read it again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Shall we bow our heads in prayer this morning? Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for such a wonderful time that we have spent in your presence, God. Father, we thank you for your anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens, your very tangible presence. Father, we ask now that you would send your power in this place, God. Father, as I will break the bread of life this morning, God, I ask, oh God, that you would minister to the hearts and minds and lives of your people. Lord, as their faces differ, so does their need this morning. And I'm asking you, oh God, that they won't leave here the same way they came, but be transformed in the presence of a holy God. So now, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, will be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, I thank you if you believe that this morning say amen amen you may be seated in the presence of our king hallelujah well good morning gathering church today we are kicking off a new message series amen a new message series and the name of this message series is called the gift or the gifts of christmas the gifts of Christmas. And for the next four weeks, amen, we're going to open up a gift, if you will, that describes what Christ actually gave us when he came over 2,000 years ago. And so today, we're going to deal with opening up the gift of hope. The gift of hope. The gift of hope. Hallelujah. As we are in this season that many call Advent. Now, the, when we talk about the word Advent, amen, the word Advent means coming or, 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 or arrival. It's a season marked by expectation, by anticipation, and by a longing. And so we are now in the season of Advent. The first Sunday that, 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 that comes, amen, right after Thanksgiving is Advent Sunday. So last Sunday was the first Sunday of Advent. We are in the second week of 
Advent. And during this time of Advent, we are recounting the moments leading up to Christ's birth. And we, 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 we are celebrating what God did, amen, amen, through, through, through the Virgin Mary, amen, and, and what he did through his son Jesus on this earth. And so as we are in this time, Amen. Of Advent, this is our time to really focus and to really dig in and understand the time and the season that we are in. There's a saying that we love to say that Jesus is the reason for the season. And this is our time to focus our hearts and our efforts on Jesus. Advent is not an extension of Christmas. It is a season that links the past present and future. Advent offers us an opportunity to share the ancient longing of the coming of the Messiah. Amen. To celebrate his birth. Amen. And to be alert for his second coming. How many know Jesus is coming back again? Amen. He came, he came once, but he's coming back again. Amen. He's coming back again for me. And so this is a time that we that we we celebrate his first coming, but we also anticipate his second coming, the coming, the arrival of our king, our lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so over these next um, four weeks, we're going to be opening different aspects and attributes of who God is. Today, we start with hope. Everybody say hope. Amen. Hope, hope. Now, in today, this is the second Sunday of Advent. We, we, we have different sayings as it relates to hope. Amen. I don't know if you heard these statements, but people say, I, I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope I get a job. <laughs> I hope the world will be at peace. Some of them say, I hope this nation don't fall apart because Trump is the president. I hope it gets better. <laughs> I, I hope he shows up on, on, on time. I hope, I hope, I hope. You fill in the blank, but did you notice something, a theme? And when we say I hope, from a worldly perspective, the type of hope we talk about is a hope that's characterized by doubt, uncertainty, and a lack of control. It's saying that this is not going to be as, 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 as well as I thought it's going to be, so I'm just hoping maybe just by chance, but maybe by uncertainty that these things will, will change and, and, and work in my favor. We hope for things that we may or may not even have or may or may not even happen. But the good thing about Jesus this morning is that Jesus' hope is guaranteed. <laughs> it's a sure thing. It's a guaranteed hope. Our hope is actually a no-so, or, or rather than a maybe-so. When we speak about hope in Christ, we're not talking about a 50-50 chance. We're not talking about there's a possibility that this can happen. When we speak about hoping, about the hope that God gives us, we speak about an absolute hope. The hope that we have today is an absolute hope. It's not a hope that's contingent upon, upon things, upon issues, upon people, upon personalities, upon preface. No, this is an eternal hope. When we look at the word hope, the word hope defined is a feeling of expectation or a desire for certain things to happen. It's a feeling of trust. 
When we speak uh, uh, about hope as we look into the New Testament, into the scripture, to the word of God, in the Greek, the word hope means having an expectation or a confidence. Another word for confidence is faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When I talk about the hope that I have, I talk about a faith that I have. There's a confidence that I have in God. When God sent his son Jesus over 2,000 years ago, amen, born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem, amen, in Nazareth, amen, but born, but he sent him so we can have hope, an absolute hope, a hope that's not wavering. So many times as Christians, especially, we have a wavering hope. We have a, a, a hope that is strong one moment, but then wavering and doubting and want to give up and throw in the towel the next moment. But this, 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 this Advent season, as we open up the first week of this series, I want to, in fear, I told the Lord, I, I, this morning I was praying, I said, Lord, I feel like I, I'm a drug pusher this morning. And I don't even sell drugs. But I said, I, I want to push some hope pills today, some hope vitamins to somebody. I want to say, Shh, come meet me in the corner. I got something that will fix that thing for you. I, I want to give you a, 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 a dose of, of hope this morning that you don't have to get lit up and turned up and turned out or turned down, whatever you do. You don't have to do any that type of stuff because there's a hope that is available to you this morning through Jesus Christ. There's, 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 there's hope for you. I, I love what Jeremiah 29 11 says. It's for I, I, he says, I, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God wants to give you hope today. God has a wonderful plan for your life today. God has a purpose for your life today. God wants to prosper you. Even in the midst of your situation, even in the midst of your delinquency, even in the midst of your issues, God still wants to show you his hope, his hope. His hope. So I just want to be, come before you just for a few moments this morning. And I want to talk about the three dimensions of hope. The three dimensions of, of hope. Now, you have to understand something about me. I am a Christmas baby. Literally, I was born on Christmas Day. And so I love this time of the year. This is my most favorite time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Amen. Not just not because it's my birthday, because I just love the season of Christmas. I was in I, I, I was in the supermarket the other day and, and all of a sudden it was reading scripture over the last week. I said, this is the only time of the year you get to witness for free. That everybody, I was watching the Rockefeller Christmas tree being lit, and it was talking about joy to the world, the Lord. I said, come on, they're preaching the gospel, they don't even know it. Watching Charlie Brown, and he's reading Luke chapter 2. I said, well, come on here, somebody. You got no reason not to lift up the name of Jesus. It's all in the media. Take advantage of this. 
So I love this time of the year. I, 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 I love it. I, I, I love the cookies. Hey, man, they may eat too many cookies, but I love the cookies. I love the lights. I love the trees. Hey, man, we, we, we had a couples fellowship last night. It was at Pastor Robinson's house. Hey, man, as soon as you come in, you saw the lights and the decorations. I was just like, ah, I'm in heaven because that's just the type of stuff I love. I am a Christmas boy. I, I, I love Christmas because I understand who's the reason, who, who is the reason for Christmas. It's Jesus. Santa Claus ain't got nothing on that. Amen. But Jesus is the reason for this season. He is my hope. So I want to share with you three dimensions of hope. And I'm going to get out your way. Amen. And as we talk about Christmas, one of the things that I love, I'm a bit nostalgic. I love all the Christmas movies, you know what I'm saying? I love It's a Miracle on 34th Street, amen? It's a Wonderful Life. Come on, y'all could throw some names at me, you know? What? White Christmas. Come on, anybody else? Come on. Home Alone. Home Alone. That's a good Christmas one. That's a classic. And so you have all of these different Christmas movies and different things. That, and I just love it. And then, and of course, my wife, she loves the romantic stuff. You know, the get married by Christmas, your first Christmas date. And, you know, oh, she'd be Netflixing and all that type of stuff. She just love all, all, all that type of stuff. And she'd be like, it's so sweet. I said, honey, you crying again? Yeah, because they found love in time for Christmas. I said, oh, God. God, that's so wonderful. Someone shoot me. But praise the Lord. And all the brothers say, Amen. All right. <laughs> but I love, I, I love all the different, all the different movies. And amen. As, as we think about the, the different movies, there's one particular movie that, that 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 this person's life is flashed right before them. And this person is really a Scrooge. And basically, different spirits come and take them through different aspects of their life, past, present, and future. So I, I want to take that, 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 those dimensions this morning and take it from a hope perspective. So I want to talk about point one, hope past. Hope past. Hope past. And I would subtitle that looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back. What is the longest you ever waited for something. Is there anything you've been waiting for your entire life? Something you've been waiting to happen? Well, the people of Israel in their day, they were waiting for the Messiah. Their entire history was marked by the waiting as they looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah who would come to set them free. If you look over the whole Old Testament, you see prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. You see Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, to us a child is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Father, Prince of Peace. There are a prophecy that are foretold about the coming Messiah. And they waited. And they waited. And they waited. And not just hundreds of years went by. Centuries and centuries and centuries. And, and, and they, wait. they had that one hope. 
That's why when you read Hebrews 11, it's really talking about the coming of the Messiah. They, some of them died in faith because they were waiting for the Messiah. Moses longed for the Messiah. David longed. David said, my Lord said to my Lord, come and sit at my right hand. He waited for the Messiah. They longed for the Messiah. Ruth longed for the Messiah. He's my kinsman redeemer. He, she longed. People longed for the Messiah. And they died longing for the Messiah. They died longing for him. But we look back today at hope past. Because we have a confidence in God. And today it causes us to renew our faith because God is faithful concerning his promises. The Bible says in the fullness of time. You see, there's a moment, there's a time, there's a season. Huh? There's a, I'll say that again. There's a moment, there's a time, there's a season. And you have to be careful as Christians that you don't miss your moment, you don't miss your time, you don't miss your season. Amen? Well, you need to be awake. Come you, on, somebody. Sometimes you, you, you're supposed to be on the road moving, but you're at home somewhere or on, on the shoulder somewhere, and you need to be moving because you missed your time. That's why when God says move, you got to move. That's why it says now faith, not tomorrow's faith, not maybe faith, now faith. In this moment, faith. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Our patriarchs had faith to believe. They died in faith. Now some people are like, I didn't see it on my life, so I'm giving up. This, this is no, they died in faith. They died in faith because they knew that God was going to bring provision. As we look back, this is our time. As we look back and see the, the transition, see the progression, they couldn't see what God was doing. Just like some of you can't see what God is doing in your life right now. So we could read the scripture and say, look how it all worked out for Moses. They were killing all the newborn babies, all, all, all the male childs. And she, he, got, he got tossed in the, in the Nile. And look what happened. And just look how God just orchestrated his life to the day he died. All right. But Moses didn't see that. And you complain right now, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. What God's going through? But let me tell you some guys read through the pages of your life. And at the end of the book, you win. I'm trying to push some hope to somebody this morning. I need someone to drink a cup of hope this morning. Stop drinking and eating that doubt. You're not going to get you nowhere. It's just going to poison you. It's toxic. You're wasting time just sobbing over stuff that has happened and God is trying to get you to see something this morning. Hope passed. Let's look at what God did in Israel. Let's look at as he brought his people through up to the very moment of Jesus coming to earth. Hope past. Looking at the past. That's one dimension of hope. We, we, we see that there was a longing. There was a hoping for the Messiah. But th that brings us to my second point. But there is a hope present. There is a present hope. A hope present. And what I call this, I call this walking in faith. We got the history. 
We've seen what has happened before. Read the Old Testament. Every book of the Old Testament talks about the Messiah. You'll find a prophecy, a mention, a symbolic picture to Jesus, the Messiah. You'll see the shadows, the types and the shadows of Christ in the Old Testament. Yes, you will. But all of that was a picture to what was to come. So now we come into the New Testament and we go into the book of Luke chapter 1 and we find this Virgin Mary who's engaged to be married, minding her business. Now here's the thing. In the Old Testament, God spoke about the Messiah in, 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 in a way that was public, in a, in, in, in a way that was general. The Messiah is going to come, born of a virgin. All these things are going to have root, root, root of Jesse. All, all these different things are going to happen, right? But now we come into the, the New Testament, and now we see a personal unfolding happening. Now we see God using the angel Gabriel to send a message to a person individually, not to say that the Messiah is, is just coming, but guess what? The Messiah is coming through, through you, through you. In Luke 1, chapter 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, a virgin pledged to be married to a woman named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We read this last week. Mary was greatly troubled. She just didn't know she was in transition. That's all. She was greatly troubled at the words of this kind, what, what this type of grinning might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And, and Mary, you know, Mary's smart. I like Mary because she's, she, she's not gullible. She's like, she's like, ah, 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 ah. She said, okay, that's nice. How is this going to happen? Tell me. School me right now. Give me some insight, Jesus. How is this going to happen? The angel said to her, since, since I'm a virgin, how is this going to happen? No one touched this. So what's going to happen? He said, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come on now. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Oh, I love that right there. We could just set a benediction and just go home just on that. For no word from God will ever fail. And she said... I am the Lord's servant. I, I, I like that. She, she took it personal now. She didn't say, it's okay, maybe. No, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the Bible says the angel then left her. Mary responded 
in faith. She had a question. She was a little troubled in the beginning. Huh? She, she, she said, okay, well, what's going on here? Come on. Hey, what's going on? If it was modern day, and I'm, I'm on a TV show or something, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Am I, am I being, is being recorded? Am I being punked? What's going on, God? Like, tell me, what's happening here? And God broke it down for her. But once God broke it down for her, she said, Lord, if, if that's your will and your purpose for my life, then I have faith in what you said. Let it be done for me. You have to understand when God speaks a word over your life, Lord, let it be done for me. I don't have time to question. I don't have time to stay in, 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 in the valley of indecision. Lord, let it be done for me. Mary responded in faith. She held fast to the hope of the promise of Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, during this season of, of, of Advent, as we are in this Christmas season, let us also hold fast to that hope. Jesus has come and he has made a way for us to be one with God through forgiveness of our sins. His coming changes everything. And I, and, 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 and I, I want you to know if Jesus did not come, he couldn't be here today. Some of you be dead. Some of you be in prison right now because you, you, you wouldn't did something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of your lives would have been so jacked up right now if it wasn't for Jesus coming. That's why when we do communion, I say, is anyone grateful for the blood? Because sometimes we, 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 we can get, um, what's the word I, 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 I want to use? We can get complacent in God. We can get familiar with God. Like, you had to do that. You had to come. You, like, he's doing you a, a favor or something. And, and, and the thing is, he didn't really have to do it. But he chose to do it because... He loved us. And sometimes we cannot take God for granted. We, 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 we have to come with a sense of reverence, a sense of awe, a, a sense of respect. And, and I'm challenging you this Advent season. Don't lose the awesomeness of who God really is. Don't let this world lie to you. Because this world will lie to you and say what you believe is a fairy tale. Just like Santa Claus and just like the Easter Bunny. But no, but we got proof that Jesus <laughs> came through a virgin Mary, amen? And that he was crucified on God, got this cross, amen? And if you go to the tomb site right now, it's still empty because he has risen from the dead. And for the sheer fact that 2,000 plus years later, here we are in Hackensack, New Jersey, thousands of miles from Jerusalem, on the other side of the planet, shows that Jesus is still alive. And that his power transcends culture, race, creed, and all other types of faith. He transcends all that stuff because he's sovereign. So don't tell me my God is dead. Because he is alive. This is my hope present. Because he came, I could come this morning. Because he came, I, 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 I have a hope 
this morning in him. He has given me a hope. He has restored my faith. He's restored my life because he came. You know, the, the problem is, you know, sometimes, you know, our present hope, we are flooded with concerns and hardships and things that seem to not be changing in our favor. You know, sometimes we could be praying for things for years that we don't see it happening the way we want to happen. We, we, we're asking God to do A, B, and C, but then he's doing X, Y, Z. And he's like, God, what, 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 what's going on? But you have to understand that God is working behind the scenes. I gave the scripture Romans 8, 28 last Sunday. God is working. You don't see him. He's around the clock 24, 7 days a week. God is working. God is working. At the Couples Fellowship last night, Pastor Dwayne was just sharing how him and, 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 and Lady Rhonda got together. And they were just sharing their story. And at times they, they shared they were frustrated with God. Because they believed in God to do things and things didn't turn out the way they wanted to go. But God was working. All the times I got frustrated with the Lord. Where's our building? Come on, Lord. Everybody's moving in and moving up. And here I am stuck in a little small chapel. What is this God? But God was working. God was working. God was working. Even the most hardest parts, the most, the most, the most deepest of, of hurts and, and brokenness. God. When Jesus came on the scene, here again, there was a decree about the land, around the land, to kill all, 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 all the firstborn male children. But God was working. I think God likes to come in, in, in the midst of chaos. I think it's just a, 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 a formula for God. He just likes that type of stuff. Because he likes to show, he, God, you, know, God's a, you know, God's a little bit of a show off. You know, he is. He, he's, you know, you know he, he likes to flex his muscle. You know, he, he has a God complex. Oh, because he's God, yeah. He, he should have that, right? But he likes, he likes to go in the hardest in the deadest, in the most mundane, in the most crazy of situations and flex his muscle. And here's the thing, God don't go to perfect people. He never did. That's why it cracks what people say. Oh, those people in church are perfect. Um, nobody was perfect. Did you see? Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother was a hoe. <laughs> go in the lineage of Jesus and read the word of God. See, you something you don't even know that. No, he never used perfect people. When he called the 12 apostles, did he go to the synagogue and get the priests and the rabbis? He got cussing fishermen, a silly tax collector, a, 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 a doubting everything Thomas, a backstabbing Judas. Come on, he, 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 he doesn't go for the perfect. He likes to go into mess to make it a blessing. So the good thing is hope for you and I this morning. Because you say, Pastor, it's messy. You don't know my life. You know I'm jacked up. You make a perfect, a perfect, a perfect place for God to show up and to show his glory. God likes to show off in the midst of mess. God likes to, I think God roots for the underdog. The people who God, who people who count you out. The people who said you won't amount to much. The people who said you will never rise up. The people who give up on you. God loves those type of 
situations. If you are messy and you have issues and you have problems, you are a candidate for God's power. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That's what Hebrews 6.19 says. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. The hope that you have is supposed to anchor you. It's supposed to keep, let me tell you something. There's some winds that are going to blow. There's some stuff that would try to take you out. Come on now. Come on now. For some of you, 2016 has been a rough year. Uh-huh. And let's tell the church say amen. amen. I, I got my share. I go, I go through my woes too. Right? But in the midst of it, I've seen the sweetness of God. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I was telling Pastor Avron a couple days ago, I said, sometimes... We could think God is it's one thing, because he said his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. And we, we, we could think, I got God cornered. I know it's going to happen this way. It's got to happen this way, because that's the only way that you can see it happening. And God's like, yo, you thought, you thought I was going to come through that door, baby. Okay. Okay. I'll let you believe that, but I'm coming from way back there somewhere. You're just not looking that way. That's why you can't see me right now. And what happens is in those moments of brokenness, God's sweetness, his presence, his love, his grace, his mercy makes the bitter moment a sweet one. Maybe that's what Sweet 16 has meant for some of you this year. That in the hardest, most toughest, most frustrating points in your life, that if you didn't have Christ, maybe you would have committed suicide or something. But God stepped in. The power of the Holy Spirit stepped in. His love, his grace, his mercy stepped in. Mercy dewdrops begin to drip all over you. His honey of his word begin to drip all over you. And turn a, a, a bitter thing into a sweet thing. Who am I preaching to this morning? I'm just preaching to myself. Amen to that. So, I mean, God wants to do it this way. God doesn't have to do it that way. He doesn't have to do it that way. He is sovereign. He is cooking something bigger and better because he didn't do it your way. He does exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, you guys go everything. When Jesus showed up on the scene, they did not expect the Messiah to come in the way in which he came. That's why his own people could not even receive him. The one that they've been waiting for when he popped up and said, I am he that said, no, you're not. No, the Messiah we want is going to come down on a horse. He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's going to be our new king. It's going to be just like that. And God says, no, no, no. I have a kingdom that's above this earthly kingdom. That's why they call me the king of kings and the lord of lords. I am alpha. I am omega. I operate in a realm you know not of. Are we walking in faith this morning? The Lord told us last week, don't waste, don't, don't waste the next 30 days. Are you walking in faith? Are you drinking 
hope this morning. I want to give someone hope this morning. You might have came in hopeless, discouraged, ready to end it all, but I'm, I'm here to give you hope this morning because God loves you that way. He loves you with an everlasting arm. Look, we are not exempt from trouble in this life, but in the midst of our trouble, God will be our anchor. I love the old song that says, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Though the billows might rise, though the tempest might fall, I have an anchor for my soul this morning. Though the storms keep on raging in my, oh, come on, somebody. He's my anchor. He's the one that holds me. Where they begin to pull me and, and, and try to distract me. When stuff go wrong, when there's a bump in the road, I have an anchor. I have someone who keeps me grounded. Even when I want to say things I'm not supposed to say. But there's an anchor, head over shot, that helps me to stay on task. That helps me to stay on focus. It's that hope that's in me. It's the hope of glory. Christ is the hope of glory on the inside of me. It's that power on the inside of me that helps me, and propels me to go forth. We're not exempt. We're not exempt, but when we go through it, we got backup. See, I don't like to go in a fight by myself because, you know, I might get jumped. You know, even at this stature that I'm in, you know, people think twice before they come my direction. You know, but even at this stature, if I go in a fight alone, I'm, I'm, I might just get trampled. But I, I like God because in the world, <laughs> it might look like you're alone. <laughs> in the natural, they're just seeing you. But they don't realize that you got some power. You have an anchor. You have a hope down in your soul. You have the power of Christ on the inside of you. Come on now. I, I, I like in the scripture in, in, in the Old Testament where, where, when the prophet was just chilling on the roof and his servant came to him and said, um, Don't you see all these chariots uh, around us? They're about to take us out. He said, what, what, what are you what are you what, what are you scared for he said lord open his eyes we open his eyes he saw he saw numerous chariots of heaven chariots of fire god outweighed and outnumbered the earthly things so you have to understand this morning that you got more support on your side than you think you do that should give you hope this morning I'm not facing my issue by myself. I'm not facing my problem by myself. I'm not facing these bills by myself. I'm not facing this marriage issue by myself. I'm not facing this issue in my body by myself. But I have a hope this morning. I have a hope that does not disappoint. I have a hope that gives me courage. I have a hope that gives me strength. I have a hope that gives me the power. To press forward. Come on and put your hands together and give the Lord a praise in this house this morning. Does anyone have a hope this morning? The gift of hope is waiting for you this morning. He, he, he bought it over 2,000 years ago and it's still available today. Maybe you're a Christian and you have not unlocked the gift of hope. Of hope. Of hope, something you're just so doubtful, so fearful, so fretful. Unlock some hope today. Stop being so negative. Unlock some hope. My third point, and I'm closing after this. Let's do a hope future. 
Hope future. Hope past, hope present. The present when, 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 when God impregnated Mary to birth Jesus. But let's look into the future. During this Advent season, we celebrate that he's coming again. Hope future. He's coming again. He's coming again. That should even give us greater hope that God ain't leaving me, but he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's not just coming in my circumstances, but he's coming to, to rescue me again. He's coming again to show his power. He's coming again to, to show his authority. You see, the first time he came, he came as the lamb. A <laughs> lamb is just so sweet, so cute, so cuddly. What possibly could a lamb do? Just a little lamb. Precious little lamb of God. Mary had a little lamb. Little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. It's just a little lamb. But this time, when he comes back, he's coming back with a roar. He's coming back, come on now, with a shout. He's coming back with power. He's coming back with authority. He's coming back with dominion. He's coming as King of Kings uh, and Lord of Lords. Uh, he's coming back again. That's the hope uh, that I have. That's the hope that I have in Jesus. That's the hope to know that he is coming back. The scripture says, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed. I, I love this because the apostle Peter said to the, to the church of Thessalonica, let, let, let me help you out. Let me, let, 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 let me just encourage you. He said, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Now, now the Bible's remember, calls death sleeping. Amen. We just read in the communion lesson, some of you have fallen asleep, some of you have already died. And so they were, they, the, the church was, 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 was grieved because people were dying. Because really, in these days, people were being persecuted. Mama and grandma who said, I ain't giving up the name of Jesus, were being beheaded and eaten by lions and thrown all different type of things and tortured and thrown in tar and all those different type of things. And we complain that we got it hard here. I was on Facebook and, I, and, I, and I, I saw a Christian couple in India being burned alive because they would not renounce Christ and turn over to Islam. And we complain because someone said, oh, you're a Christian, you're a hypocrite. Give me a break. There are people who are dying, who, children who, who are not renouncing their faith. So the apostle was encouraging them and said, look, I don't want you to be uninformed. That you, he said, I don't want you to grieve like the rest of mankind because when people die, everybody crying over the casket and da 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 Yes, but the Bible says after, but the body is present with the Lord. He said, I don't want you to, 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 to act like you have no hope because you got some hope. You got some hope. He said, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive. 
amen, who are still left here until the coming of the Lord will surely not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, where God comes, where Jesus comes, come on now, we're not going to fall asleep, we're not going to die, amen, because the Bible says, keep on reading, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven <laughs> with a shout, <laughs> and not just any type of shout, but the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of, that's a big shout now, not just as a shout, that's a trumpet call. When God comes back, he's coming back with all power in his hands. The line of the tribe of Judah is going to roar. And the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will be raised first, but after that, those who are still left alive will be caught up together to meet him in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever therefore encourage one another with these words I'm telling you you, 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 you don't have to be hopeless today you have so many things working for you you're just not aware of it your perspective is just off I'm helping you to get your perspective in the right place today Hope passed. Jesus came. They waited hundreds of years. Our, our matriarchs and patriarchs, they, they waited. They died in faith. Hope present. He came. The word of the Lord came to pass. Now here we are, hope, future. We don't have to wait for the word of the Lord to come to pass. It's already happened. God has proven himself. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The Bible said that is your deposit. Guaranteeing what is to come. We talk about I got the Holy Ghost. I got power. That's your deposit. That's your seal. He has already sealed the deal. My God, I wish I helped. Help me, Lord. I, I wish someone would get this this morning. He has put a deposit. The moment you say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, he puts his Holy Spirit. He gives you a piece of himself. He gives you his very heart. His spirit lives on the inside of you. He said, I'm going to make a deposit on the inside of you. Yeah, that's how much I love you. I'm not just giving you words, but now I'm giving you evidence. Faith, faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things that see. I'm giving you some evidence for you to know that I am real. What are you hopeless for where hope lives on the inside of you? Why are you defeated when you got the victorious one living on the inside of you? The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have something in the, on the inside of you working for your good. It's a deposit. See, you, let, let me explain what happens. I used to work in the baking industry before I came into full-time ministry. And so what would happen is, what would happen is, you, you have a savings account and you come and you put a deposit to open up an account. And the savings account. Now, see, some people, you know, they'll put a couple thousand dollars in the account because they're serious about the account. They got some people say, what's the least I could pay to open up a savings account? Can I start with $5? Okay. And then you put $5 in the savings account. We'll do what we're Amen. But here's the thing. The purpose, 
For our savings account, it's not just for the money just to sit there and nothing happened to it. But a savings account includes interest on the account. So even though I deposited $5 five years ago, it might be $7 today because it has accrued interest. When God gives you his Holy Spirit, he puts a deposit on the inside of you, but it's your job to build interest. It's your job to pray in your most holy faith. It's your job to build yourself up. It's your job to allow him to work and do great things in your life. And you wonder, well, why this person seems like they have everything going on? Are you allowing God to grow inside of you? Are you growing in your walk with God? Are you growing in hope? Are you growing in faith? Are you growing in the fruit of the Spirit? He's calling you this morning. During this Advent season, let us not forget that God has a lot hope. There's a gift waiting wide open for you to grab it today. It's hope. It's hope. It's a godly confidence. It's a godly, it's an assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Come on now. You, 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 you have something. He's given it to you. Have you unopened the box? The gift of hope. Don't underestimate hope. Hope keeps you going. There was times this year I wanted to give up. And I wanted to throw in the towel. But hope, hope was working. When I saw doctor results, hope was still working. When I saw a dead baby in my arms, hope was working. Still in the midst of a dead situation, hope was working. And I'm telling you today, I'm not telling you something that I don't know. I'm living it. But I'm only standing here because I have an eternal hope. I have an anchor in my soul that even when things don't work out the way I planned for it to work out, I know that God is still sovereign and I know that God is in control. That's the hope that I have. That even when I don't even understand how he's going to do it, but he said he's going to do it, the angels said not one word would fail. I have to trust what God has spoken. It's going to come to pass. God would not fail you. Who am I preaching to this morning? God would not fail you. Unlock the gift of hope today. It's at your disposal. It's in your hands today. He's given it freely to you. This is not going to be your typical Christmas message series. If you're looking for that, then maybe this is not the church for you for the next four weeks. Because we're going to deal with some real stuff. Because sometimes we, 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 we downplay simple things like hope, love, and peace. Some of you can't sleep at night because you got no peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. Why you don't have peace? Why is there no peace in your home? And the prince of peace lives on the inside of you. Sometimes we got to get our, our, our minds readjusted. That's why the Bible says renew your mind. 
Because your mind is bent on thinking on the negative. Your mind is bent through the bent towards worldly things. And so if you don't understand the word of God and understand basic teaching, you miss out and the devil has a field day with you. That's why the Bible says even some have shipwrecked their faith because they have no substance. They have no hope to anchor them. I'm actually going to stand. I'm closing. The gift of hope. This hope is not characterized by doubt or uncertainty or lack of control. But the hope that we have, it's a no-so hope. It's an absolute hope. It's a hope that does not disappoint. It's a hope because of his dear son Jesus. It's a hope because he loved us with an everlasting love. That's the hope that we have this morning. We have that hope in Jesus. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's what he wants to give to us this morning. Hope and a future. If this was your word of encouragement, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Say, Lord, that was for me. I received that. I'm encouraged this morning because I know I have hope this morning. I know I have God. He's working on my side. Even though I don't see it, but he did it in the past. He did it in the present. And he's going to do it in the future. So if God got the past, the present, and the future covered, then what am I worried about? Because I'm somewhere between the present and the future. And so if he worked it out in the past, then that means he's going to work it out in the future. So what am I stressing about? Because God has it under his control. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. And as we bring this time of your word to a close, Father, those whose hands are lifted, God, it is a sign, oh God, that this is a season in which they want to unlock the gift of hope. The gifts of Christmas, this being the gift of hope. So Father, we unlock that gift this morning. We receive the hope the hope that has come through your dear son Jesus Christ that eternal hope that some of us are facing some hopeless situations right now things are not changing on our watches things are not shifting the way we want to shift but father in the name of Jesus I'm praying for my brother I'm praying for my sister this morning that they would not give up God in the past people died in hope and they didn't even get the chance to see the Messiah but yet the Messiah has appeared he is here Jesus is alive and well how can we doubt you? How can we not know that you're right here with us? That you are ever-present help, even in times of trouble. So, Father, I pray you encourage their hearts this morning. Even as they go throughout this week, remind them of your word, Holy Spirit, that they heard today. That stuff might pop up on the job, or issues might happen in the home. Stuff might go on in their body, but they'll know, I have hope. I have hope. So my prayer today is may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I praise you, Lord. Can we just put our hands together and bless the Lord? Hallelujah.